You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, and it's Monday during baseball season, which means we're joined by my friend and your friend, Eric Hughes who uh, does game day production at TCU baseball games. And it was a, a fun homestand for the Frogs this weekend as Baylor came into town. Uh, and this is actually a team that they've kind of struggled with over the past two or three years. Didn't get to play them last year because of the shortened season. But nice to sweep the Bears at home at Lupton. Uh, Eric said the crowd was really great. I know capacity still limited, but I think people are excited to be back at the ballpark and are maybe getting getting out there a little bit more than they had the first couple of weeks. But let's jump right into it. Uh, when you are when you only give up four runs, Eric, over a three-game series, it's hard to lose. Uh, so really yeah. nice job of the starting pitching. I really do like kind of how this sets up. Uh, but Russell Smith starting on Friday night was great, and um, they just had it working all weekend long with uh, with the, with that pitching staff. Yep, yep. All three guys looked really good. Um, Russ, like you mentioned, started off so strong. I mean, he was that, – that was one of the – it was crazy. It was one of the fastest games I've ever watched <laughs> because both starters were just – neither of them were messing around. I mean, and the Frogs were able to score uh, late to, to, to get the W, but Russ was just working quick. And then Halen Green obviously came in. And then Saturday um, – Saturday was just an outstanding start by Austin Krobe. He took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, we had Johnny Ray, who has we've talked about last last podcast, is, is just getting back to form and had his good stuff rolling. And so uh, it was happy party time, as Borat likes to say, this weekend for the Frogs. <laughs> Krobe was incredible. Uh, that was that was a masterful performance. And Smith was really good on Friday night. And you mentioned the time. It didn't really click in my head because we were actually – my wife had some family in town, and they were out camping. So we went out to this campsite on Friday, and we got home about 9 o'clock. And uh, I had been following on Twitter, and I was ready to kind of watch the last few innings, and the game was over. I mean, it was just – Boom, boom, boom. Um, yep. But before we move on to lineup, let, let's discuss something you brought up to me off the air Friday night. And I, I do think it's an interesting discussion. Um, Russell Smith was rolling on Friday. TCU finally broke through. Zach Humphreys tripled in a run, and I believe the sixth. And Russ got a couple outs. There were It was a high leverage situation. There were two on. I think it was runners on first and second with two outs in the sixth. Mm-hmm. But he was having a really good night, and mm-hmm. Slosh went to Halen Green. And I'm not here to complain about that. I mean, I think anytime you give him the ball, that's a, that's a good decision. But uh, you just said, wow, it seems a little early to pull Russell in this situation, even though it's a one nothing game. And I do feel like Halen is so good and so reliable that sometimes they they flirt with the line of, are you overusing his arm? Um, because sometimes, Eric, I think, you know, would it be more efficient to get a couple innings out of him across a three-game series instead of 
three and a you know three and a third on Friday night. So it, it's just intriguing how they kind of handle that. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I I think we're all the everybody in the press box was pretty surprised when when Schloss came out and and I first before I say this I need to preface this with. Schloss got exactly what he wanted. Like it mm-hmm. literally worked out exactly how he wanted. So you, you can't really complain about it. Um, but man, it was just, Russ was, he was rolling. He was in control. The, the bat, the guys that got on base, I, I can't remember. I know the, the second batter that got on, it was just kind of a, a dinky little bloop single. And so it wasn't like the guys were really um, starting to knock him around or anything. So it just felt like, really like we're gonna we're we're really gonna take this guy out and when he's rolling but Schloss has all the advanced numbers in front of him uh you know that's that's what that's what the advanced stats tell you to do you don't want to leave your guy in through the third time through the lineup um you know Russ was looking good but hey Halen Green is is pretty locked down right now and it worked out for Schloss and I think also Schloss knew that first game was going to be the game where, hey, we're in a, a tight game here. I want to go ahead and, and get this win. I want, you know, if if I have to waste Halen's arm, then I have to do it now. But um, it turned out to be a great decision, and it worked out throughout the rest of the weekend for him as well. I mean, I definitely understand that runs felt like a, a heavy lifting in that game. I mean, if mm-hmm. if you went down 2-1 or 3-1, in the six, it's it's going to be a tough ask to come back. Uh, and and Halen was great. I mean, he did give up a run in the eighth, but it was an unearned run. It was a couple errors that led to that uh, uh, getting across. So you can't really blame him for that. Um, just some defensive struggles. So overall, it works. I do wonder though. You know, maybe maybe it's later in the season too. But when do you start to let these starters kind of work through some of these things? Because it feels like. Once you get past the fifth inning right now, if any of these guys kind of runs into trouble, then he, he pulls them, which, I mean, hey, if that's their philosophy, then I understand it. Um, I didn't tell you about this before, but I, I did want to get your thoughts on today, a couple of younger guys came out of the bullpen, River Ridings, and then uh, Metter closed it out. And I know Baylor had some uh, – getaway day swings there late in that game it felt like like hey let's, <laughs> we, we've been we've been getting beat up all weekend yeah let's get let's get home uh it, it felt like both of those guys were pretty sharp and I mean River's been solid all season but I think especially Jacob who had um kind of a tough few weeks after a, a nice start earlier in the season looked looked really sharp today yeah both guys look good um River gave up a couple of base knocks in a couple of innings, but also had two strikeouts. Uh, Metter came in in the eighth inning, I believe, and um, finished the job there. And so it was it was nice to see. I mean, it, it's not a high leverage situation, so sometimes it's hard to hard to quantify, you know, how how they look. But no, they both of those guys look good, and it was good to see um, just them getting some outs and and missing some barrels um, there at the end of the of tonight's game of today's game. We'll return to my conversation with Eric Hughes in a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. They take care of everything. They give you the latest lines, prop bets, uh, college basketball. Tournament's still going on. Got Elite Eight 
over the next couple of days. Final four coming up this weekend. Why don't you take a peek? Try to make some money today. Go to betonline.ag.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get a 20% sign-up bonus. So if you're like, man, I don't really want to use my own money on this, well, use that signing bonus. Maybe wager some of that and see if you can make some uh, profit off your investment, off your return. Betonline.ag. Start wagering today. So another encouraging thing uh, that I think's really been developing for two weeks now, but one super senior that had been struggling was Gene Wood. Uh, and he was still having competitive at bats, but, I mean, wasn't driving the ball. He had a couple bombs this weekend. Um, is this just as simple as, you know, somebody who was due – kind of connecting in a big way. Did you see anything different against Baylor that helped him out? It feels like he's starting to come around, Eric. Yeah, you know, I think he's just one of those guys where you knew he was going to come around at some point. Like, he's too good of a hitter to just not not hit the ball well all season long. And so, you know, baseball is an up-and-down sport. I mean, you're not going not gonna to hit 400 for the whole season. And so um, – yeah, Gene had had a, some rough couple of weeks there, but he is really uh, starting to swing the bat well. I was seeing, uh, looking at some of the advanced stats. The uh, there's a new uh, account, TCU Baseball Advanced Statistics, that's uh, worth a follow, and they're tweeting out the um, hardest hit balls throughout the weekend. And Gene had one 109 off the bat. I believe it was today's. Uh, it might have been Saturday's. Either Saturday's or today's game. And, yeah, he had two home runs this weekend, and so he's just really finding his groove right there along with Hunter Wolf. He, Hunter also hit the ball really well this weekend. So it was good to see both those guys um, just getting some good ABs and really just finding their groove this weekend. Yeah, that, uh, that accounts TCU baseball data, by the way. And Eric's right. Yes. That's a really good follow. I had some cool content out, um, exit velo. I know they had, like, some metrics on the starters, you know, what their average velocity was on different pitches, what the spin rate was. Uh, Austin Crowe apparently throws, like, knuckleballs out there. I mean, the ball is just spinning like mm-hmm. crazy. He's got some nasty stuff. So, that's interesting. If, you want, if, if you're into that, if you're kind of nerdy about baseball, um, there's some really good information there. And one guy I noticed on that list that I would not have picked as someone – who I thought would be on a list like that early in the season was Porter Brown. So let me publicly apologize <laughs> to Porter Brown. Porter, if you hear me, I need to tell you I'm sorry. And I don't even know if I ever brought this up on the air, but I, I think maybe one time after a show, I told Eric um, it, it was just kind of disappointing to me that Porter started as a freshman. I mean, he was their leadoff hitter. He, he was basically doing what Elijah Nunez is doing now. He mm-hmm. was leadoff hitter as a freshman and had a good season or a good start to the season and got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, was less of a factor in the short season, but just seemed like a dude with a ton of promise. And early this year, the, the few at-bats I saw from him, I was just like, man, this looks like a guy that's just trying to get a walk. <laughs> like he just looks mm-hmm. like a dude that's trying to foul off some tough pitches and find a way to get on base. But he's hitting the ball right now. I mean, he's driving it to different fields. 
you know, I think one day in that series, he was the number one on exit velo. Like he had a at bat where he hit one that was like 101 miles an hour. So his development, I, I don't really know what they do with him once everybody's healthy, Eric. But uh, that's a big deal because that's another guy that you can use in a variety of different ways um, if he's effective at the plate. Yeah, yeah. Porter had a kind of a strange start to the year. It felt like he just couldn't quite get any rhythm in. And it, it almost seemed like every single time he came up first in his first A-B, he would try and lay down a bunt. And it was just – there was just some weird stuff going on. It wasn't it – was, it wasn't really working. And, and now he's swinging away and he's hitting the ball well. I mean, he's not necessarily driving the ball out of the ballpark, but that's not the kind of guy that you want him to be. You want him to be a guy that um, just gets on base and um, can hit the ball in the gap and just be able to use his speed because – He's got some wheels, so it was nice to see him um, this weekend and even last weekend get some good uh, ABs in. And so he's definitely a guy that, um, yeah, if you can get him going, that's just that's just one more uh, cog in this machine. And it will be interesting to see once you get everybody back full and healthy how Schloss handles that. But hey, I'd much rather have this situation than the alternative. Well, and that's a fair point about not getting consistent at bats because he's not a guy like his game doesn't really lend itself to being a pinch hitter once every three or four days, you know, because yeah. he, he does get on the variety of ways. Um, so maybe it is just as simple as getting, you know, some rhythm and understanding the timing of the pitches and all that. But it's uh, it's good news either way. So TCU is three and zero in conference play. Um, looked really good in this Baylor series. Eric, you know this team. We we've kind of been up and down with them, but they're in a great rhythm right now. Um, when they are fully healthy, you know, you got some tough series coming up, but it does feel like we're kind of back to where we were early in the season expectations wise with this could be a, a big 12 championship type group when, when they're playing like this. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, I don't think, uh, you know, Baylor isn't necessarily the top three big 12 team that <laughs> yeah. you're going to, going to get to face. So um, yeah, just have to be, have to be fair there, but this is the type of series you want to have against them. I mean, you you saw a tough starter on Friday night. We're able to scratch across some runs and use your pitching to win that game. And then the Frogs really just flex their muscles this uh, Saturday and Sunday. And so, um, yeah, I think when you look at the big picture for the Big 12, you've got TCU, um, Texas Tech, UT, and then Oklahoma State as well that are probably going to be three out of the top four or four out of the top three teams right there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a team that's fighting for that Big 12 championship. And if they keep playing like they did this weekend, they're definitely going to have a shot to do it. We'll come back and wrap things up in a moment. I did want to tell you, though, about Built Bar. Built Bar, I, I talk about it frequently, but I really do believe in this product. I do think that Built Bars are delicious. I do think that they're good fuel for your body. Only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs. Uh, but that taste is really great. And you know, recently I got some uh, in the mail, this new flavor that I really like, churro marshmallow. I'm also a huge fan of coconut brownie. 
Um, that's a great flavor. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can explore some of the flavors, find out exactly what you want, and uh, it's it's a great investment. It's a great investment in your health. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and get 20% off your order. They're also doing a tournament right now where a bracket, Built Bar Madness. So if you're already a fan of Built Bar, you can go to their website or their Twitter account and vote on uh, some different flavor matchups in Built Bar Madness, BuiltBar.com. Where does the uh, I, so were you at the ballpark? Were you working when uh, when Riser robbed that home run in the Texas game yeah. two years ago? Okay. Yes, yes. So I'm guessing that's number one. But where does the Elijah Nunez catch kind of rank? Because he was, I mean, the degree of difficulty on that one seemed pretty high. He was in a dead sprint and he laid out and robbed Trey Richardson yes. on Saturday. No, that's a great point. That. When I saw that catch, I immediately shot back to that Johnny Riser play. And that and the Riser play was just – I think that ended up being, like, number one on the Sports Center top ten. But, I mean, the way – I mean, he robbed a home run. So, that's a mm-hmm. completely different animal. But, yeah, that Nunez play was – it was a great catch. I mean, when, when the ball was hit off the bat, I just thought it was going to be a double off the wall. Like, he, the, the kid smoked it. And Elijah covered a lot of ground. And – um, yeah, I mean, he was like fully extended on that, and so that that's one of the best catches I've I've ever seen at uh, Lupton. Absolutely. Yeah, the riser catch is maybe the closest thing I've seen to what Gary Matthews Jr. did uh, when he was with the Rangers and he robbed. I don't remember <laughs> that what, catch was what yeah. Astros player <laughs> that was, but he climbed the I wall think- and. I think it was uh, Jeff – what was that guy's name? Jeff uh, Lamb. Jeff Lamb? Lamb? It, yeah, yeah, I think Lamb, that, Lamb I think sounds that, right. It, it was going to be a grand slam if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, that was when the Strohs were still in the NL. Man, Gary Matthews Jr., underrated player. I really liked watching <laughs> him play. He had a that was bat. He's a good player. One of the greatest catches of all time, I easily can be said. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, so shout out to you if you had Gary Matthews Jr. talking on your bingo card for this. this hey, I want to get a Gary Matthews Jr. top shot. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, be outbid for that one. I don't think. I'm not sure people <laughs> are, are dying to get that one. Okay, so final thing here. Let's let's uh, look to the future. Um, game against UTA on Tuesday. Is that? Is that a Globe Life or is that just at UTA's part? I believe it's at UTA, but okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. It didn't say it didn't say uh it did not say Globe Life on GoFrogs.com. So I'm gonna guess that's just at UTA's park. But I think uh, that's right. Mavs are always a good team, and I'm sure they'll have a, a quality starter thrown out there on Tuesday to try to get a good RPI win. So that'll be tough. And then I don't know what to make of Oklahoma. I know they have a good starter on Friday night in Wyatt Olds. Um, they took two out of three from Houston a couple weeks. or I think they might have swept Houston. They had a big series win against Houston a couple weeks ago. That was impressive. And then against UT, uh, they lost two out of three. I know they were competitive on Friday night and got a one-run win uh, today on Sunday. So I, I don't think they're a top-four team, but another solid Big 12 team and a, a road series which will be a big deal. But maybe the biggest thing coming up, Eric, is uh, TCU going to be on the road for, for a long time. This is, I think, an yep. eight-game travel trip. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'll be a tough tough couple of weeks here for the Frogs. 
Yep, yep. They uh, they head out on the road, and I'll, I don't see them for two straight weeks. So, um, yeah, they – I mean, it doesn't really matter who you're playing in the Big 12 on the road. Like, you have to – you got to be playing good baseball to, to win a weekend series. And I think that's that's the main thing that you're looking for, especially on the road, is, hey, just let's just get two out of three. Um, you want to, you'll be, you'll be satisfied with that. Um, if you're able to do that with an Oklahoma team that, um, that you feel, you feel good against, you feel like you have a good shot against, and then you go out on the road and play, play in Lubbock. And that's going to be the big, that's going to be arguably the toughest series of the year. And so um, the frogs are, are looking to, um, yeah, just keep the good, the, the good swings rolling and, and the starting pitching is, looking well so we'll see if they're able to keep keep that rolling throughout these next couple of weeks yeah texas tech ridiculously good but we'll worry about them uh in about a week's time and yeah. right now we'll, we'll focus on oklahoma he's eric hughes i'm stephen simcox this has been a monday edition of locked on horn Trogs, part of the locked on podcast network your team every day